Welcome to the Echo Cast, episode one zero zero one hundred one hundo, as the kids say. It's a celebration. This is a podcast about the Division Two, its community, news, speculation, and updates. I am Bond Diesel, and I do Division stuff, such as this podcast. Twitch streams and YouTube videos, mostly for Division 2. Today, I will announce the DZ Agent Statue giveaway winner. We'll talk about 100 episodes of the Echo Cast. Little celebration, a special listener questions from some special people. State of the game recap some normal listener questions, and some other updates. Thank you to our Patreon supporters for this month. Hassan, Christian, Darren, Justin, Tim, PK, DJ, Jimmy, Benny, and Tony. If you would like to support this podcast and my other content, please check out patreon.com slash the echo. Hostile broadcast detected. Okay, so... For the last um, month-ish, I've been running a giveaway for the DZ Agent statue. Uh, If you didn't know, eBay uh, had a bunch of the DZ editions of Division 2 on sale for $19.99. And honestly, when someone told me about it, I didn't believe them. I figured it was a scam of some sort, only to find out it was being sold by the official Microsoft account on eBay. So I did a little digging and figured out that when they did a Xbox One S bundle with Division 2, I guess they ordered a bunch of DZ bundles and took the games out of that. I don't really know why, but that's what they did. And so it seems they were selling their extra stock. So I bought two and um, this does not have the game because of what I just said. But I bought two. I'm keeping one for me because I'm selfish. And then I'm giving one away. And the winner is Semi Super J-Man. So just in case you don't listen to the podcast, I will DM you on Twitter. And we will figure out some mailing arrangements. I want to thank everyone who participated. Um, I want to say we had over 100 people. um, Hundreds and hundreds of different types of entries. And uh, I hope... Uh, This giveaway brought some new people to the podcast, to the stream, to the YouTube, Uh, maybe not the Twitter. Uh, I'm maybe not the best person to follow on Twitter, (laughs) but if you still would, I would appreciate it. Um, It's it's been uh, this 100 episodes is a big deal to me. It's especially a big deal to me because I did 100 episodes without missing uh, anything. Well, I didn't miss a single week for a hundred episodes straight. Um, that included going to E3, uh, I believe. Yeah. 
Um, that included uh, going on vacation a couple times with my wife. That included uh, going to another tr- on another trip. That included going, um, uh, you know, having our daughter <laughs> a few months ago. Um, that included a lot of things, and it's been a hundred straight weeks of shows. Um, and, and it's something I'm super proud of. Um, it's, it's been a fun way for me to blow off a little steam, um, trying to do it here in a more, um, easily understood and contextual way. Um, and trying to get away from as much, uh, of the Twitter shade that I am unfortunately kind of known for. Um, even though I think I'm pretty much always justified and you can count on that. But uh, it, it, it's been really good for me. I think it's been a good way for me to try to express what I think about things like Division 2 and, and some other topics um, and trying to re- remind people that my goal isn't um, to tell you how to think or to um, convince you to agree with me. I I mean this in the nicest way, but I really don't care if you agree with me. But what I do care about is that you hear... Um, an opinion that makes you think. Um, And and I really, even in that situation, try to give my opinion and then try to um, at least explain people who disagree or who think other things Um, just in life in general. I think that's a good thing to do and a good practice. Even if you think a different opinion is dumb, it's still good, I think, to, uh, to, to try to understand and see where people are coming from um so even when you disagree with them you can still empathize with why they think what they think even if what they think you think is dumb it's it's been a really good opportunity for me to um kind of explore myself as well um the way i uh, think and the way i express myself and um you know i'm i'm, I'm a tinkerer so i've enjoyed kind of slightly changing the show as time has gone on and things like that. Um, and, and now we've hit a hundred episodes and to me, that's a big deal. Um, and, and I, you know, I'm really happy with where the, the podcast is at. Um, it started off really slow. I was getting 10, 15, 20 listens per week. It got up to around 50 and then I think it got up around a hundred, um, before division two came out and, um, it started to climb before that. And actually peaked out at a few thousand listens the week that Division 2 came out. Um, And then after that, it kind of dropped off. Uh, I'd say around Christmas, it it, it bottomed out. Um, And now it's it's, it's, uh, the last six weeks or so, it's grown pretty exponentially. And it's getting back to um, way larger numbers than than average, uh, even for the last year. So um, if you're listening, I really do appreciate it. Um, I, the, the show normally doesn't start like this. It normally jumps right in the state of the game recap, which we will get to, I promise. Uh, but I really just want to like from the bottom of my heart, just thank everyone who listens to this, who has kept it on their queue, um, who listens to me ramble for 30 minutes to an hour every week. I know there's other shows who have multiple people and, um, maybe those even shows that are probably a little more entertaining, um, than I am. Uh, and, and it's, I, even, I think it's nice to hear podcasts with multiple people, um, to get different viewpoints and hear different voices. Um, but I like this solo, uh, way of doing things because, um, rather than you hearing me talking to other people, 
Um, I like to think that this is almost like a radio show where I am talking to you. Um, so I, I hope that that's the appeal. I hope people enjoy that. And, uh, and I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. Um, that said, I did say that once we hit 100, um, I would open up the possibility of skipping weeks when it's necessary. Um, there were definitely some times in the last hundred episodes where I struggled mightily to get a show out. Um, so I'm really actually super proud of always putting out something. Um, but there's definitely been some dry spots, especially between the announcement and the release of Division 2. There were just some really rough spots in there where there was not much to do or talk about. But we made it. Um, so I suspect that in the next couple months, there's not going to be um, many weeks where there's not something to talk about. Um, obviously, we have the big update coming soon. And I'm assuming that that won't just end content. I'm assuming they're going to continue to add stuff. So as long as there's stuff to talk about or there's stuff going on in the community, or honestly, if there's just things I feel like ranting about, uh, there will be a show. And um, that's what we're going to do. So uh, just one more time, I just want to thank everyone who's listened to the show, whether you're new, whether you're old. Um, this has really been a lot of fun. It's been a, a little passion project for me, as well as the stream. Um, and even YouTube, which is definitely my worst platform. Um, it, this has been a really cool experience. And if two or three years ago, you would have asked me if I would um, have a hundred episodes of a podcast and have the listenership I have, um, I would have said, what's a podcast. <laughs> so, so there we go. Okay. So a little special segment I had on here, I really wanted to do a developer interview. Um, but unfortunately I just wasn't able to get that worked out and that's fine. Um, that stuff gets tough, especially with approvals and so on. So um, I'm doing a early segment of listener questions, and this segment is going to be developer questions. Um, so I have uh, Julian Garrity, Thylander, Dynasty, and Ella all uh, responded to my request. Uh, I said, hey, I, I bet some people would love to kind of get some of your thoughts or input on the show. Uh, so I asked them all to ask a couple questions. So we're going to start off with Julian Garrity. Uh, he is a creative director at Ubisoft over The Division 2. Uh, so his first question was, what was uh, my favorite location or echo from either Division 1 or 2? Um, for me, it's probably always going to be Noble Squad. Um, that, in my opinion might still be the best storytelling that the division has ever given. Um, it was introducing this cool new concept of this echo. It was introducing, um, kind of what happened to the first wave to a lot of them, um, where they were kind of scrambling together and then trying to survive. Um, and then you got to see both through the echoes and through the environment, what happened to these people. And, um, and, and kind of how sad that was. And then it also led us to another person, uh, April Keller, who became a, and still is an important part of the story. Um, so the, yeah, the noble, the noble squad echoes, um, by far, <laughs> um, I've enjoyed a lot of them. I think a lot of the echoes, both in the first and the second game are really cool. Um, when it comes to just straight location, um, <clears throat> I'll say just like New York in general, just the winter environment was really cool. It was such a, an eerie place. 
Um, I've said it before, but I would really, uh, maybe one day, uh, maybe soon, uh, but probably not. Um, I would love to see that like winter environment again, but with all of the cool, amazing things we've seen or we've gotten in division two. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. I won't push that question too much. Uh, the second question from Julian was uh, hobbies outside of video games. He said he, um, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but <clears throat> said that he doesn't ever want people to feel like they only should have one thing to do. And I completely agree. Um, my hobbies outside of this, I, I guess if you consider it a hobby, um, would be spending time with my family and my little girl. Um, I really still love playing sports. Um, it's been a couple years. I, um, I, I pretty severely messed up a Achilles, one of my Achilles heels. Um, uh, so I haven't played soccer in a few years, but I played soccer from about four years old until like two years ago when I was 30. Um, I played in college and, um, I, I actually still should hold a record, um, for goals scored in a career in my high school. Um, it may have been broken by now, but I doubt it because our team was bad and I was the only one who scored. So just by circumstance, that probably holds up. So I still love playing sports. My current sport I still play is um, sand volleyball. Um, I have a relative that owns a facility and we've been playing that for about seven or eight years. I am a very mediocre five foot nine ish and pretty chubby at the moment. Um, so I'm uh, scrappy as they like to say. Um, the, the Bay diesel is about six foot tall. Um, so she is, uh, very good. And while I would never admit it to her directly, could kick my butt. So <clears throat> it's definitely sports. Um, I enjoy watching sports as well. Um, uh, and, and that's kind of the gist of it. I like working around my house, uh, trying to work on projects and get things done, um, and improve our home and make it the home that we've always wanted, probably just in time to sell it. So Working on the house, playing sports, watching sports, spending time with the family. Nothing too crazy, but it's how I roll. Uh, a couple more questions from uh, are from Thylander. He's the lead 3C designer at Massive. Uh, his first question is, what makes you stick around and keep going for all the way to 100 episodes? Is it the community, the game, um, friends? <clears throat> so when it comes to the podcast specifically... Um, I would say it's partly the community. Um, I really do enjoy the idea of, you know, ever since I got involved in division at all, um, uh, community wise at first at, on Reddit, which, you know, if you're on that subreddit, I don't think I need to say much, but it's interesting. Um, but then especially getting into Twitch and Twitter and, um, uh, and, and just getting in more depth, um, in the community, it, my goal when I first got involved in the community, it was around 1.2, 1.3 in Division One, and um, a lot of people and a lot of creators involved with the game had turned, and even just regular people in the community had turned pretty heavily to lots of sensationalism, borderline dishonesty, um, a lot of silliness um, to get attention and to get clicks and. Um, and just outright just silliness in some situations. Um, and so that really annoyed me because I hate when people lie, um, especially when I think people lie um, for gain. That super drives me nuts. So, um, you know, the community is the reason I got involved is because I wanted to be, 
maybe a somewhat biased but a very blunt and honest voice um, to give people um, to 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 give a opinion or to give a outlook um, that doesn't just follow the crowd. Um, unfortunately, I think there's a lot of that in this community. Um, there's a few loud people who, um, no matter what they say, people just agree with them, and that drives me nuts. I hate when that is a situation. So. Um, in my nature, it, it was um, only natural to want to jump in and provide a different uh, source, um, maybe just as biased, but I would like to think that I've always been pretty straight up. Um, it's also the challenge, um, 100 episodes of the podcast and really everything I do. It's always trying to improve everything just a little bit every time. It's trying new things and adjusting, seeing if it works or if it doesn't. It's um, trying to reach that next level or the next, that, that next step. Um, you know, that drives me a lot. I really like to, to get, put my head into something I don't know much about um, and then to try to learn as much as I can and, and, and really kick butt if I can. So, or at least I try and. So I would say, yeah, I'd say between the community and the focus would be the two things that have really um, kind of gotten me to be so dedicated. Um, the second question from Thylander is, uh, who were you when you first heard of the division compared to now? What would you tell that person? So when I first heard of the division, it would have been, I believe that E3 in 2013. So I would have been about 25 years old and I would have been, um, dating Bay Diesel, um, for about three years, three or four maybe a little bit. Yeah. No, about three. Um, <clears throat> I was working. See at that time I would have still been in child protection for the state, I think. So that was probably the worst time in my life. Employment wise, um, really hard and really terrible. Um, and what I remember was I remember seeing that first trailer and being like, Oh, this looks cool. Cause I love gritty, realistic, or at least realistic aesthetic. Um, cover-based stuff, um, Ghost Recon Future Soldier, games like that. And I saw this, and I was like, whoa, that looks really damn cool. Um, <clears throat> and now I am a 32-year-old, almost 32, here in a few weeks, about a little more than a month. Uh, I have a kid. I'm married. I have a house. I have a different job, but I've been at my current job for over seven years now. Um, so yeah, we've been right there on the cusp. Um, and I think what I would tell that person, cause at that time I didn't even know like game streaming was a thing. I think I was just delving into Reddit back then. Uh, I had left dig. <laughs> so if anyone knows what that is, uh, you'll age yourself along with me. Um, if I, if I now could look back and, and even uh, when it comes to being involved in the division, um, I'm still really happy with how I've been when it comes to the game. Um, I've just enjoyed the game for what it is and done my best to suggest improvements. Um, but I think there's too many people who are so concerned about making the game exactly what they want it to be. Um, so I don't think I would need to tell myself to treat the game any differently. When it comes to community involvement, I think I would look back and tell myself to maybe focus a little more on the positive, um, not, you know, dive into too many arguments about things that at the end of the day really don't matter. Um, 
and, and to, to, to realize earlier that some people are only here to fight and they aren't looking to have their uh, horizons broadened or to have any real conversation um, and to mute and block and unfollow people way faster than I used to. Now I do it at a moment's notice. I've given up on the whole no block thing. Um, so I would say maybe those are the things I would tell myself. Um, uh, now, just in life in general, I would I would probably not tell myself anything because um, while my life isn't perfect, it's far from it. Um, I I really enjoy um, where I'm at and and how things are going and where I'm going. So um, I wouldn't want to mess that up. Uh, the third person that uh, submitted some questions was uh, Dynasty. He is a senior environment artist at Massive. Um, his first question was, what is an area you have always wanted to see? Um, what, like what was happening during uh, the activation of the agents? Um, his example was, uh, there's actually a canon story. It's a video on one of the Ubisoft channels um, that tells the story of some agents in Canada. <laughs> it's actually kind of a cool story. Um, so check it out. I, you can probably type in the division Canada and I bet it pops up something. So a thing I would probably really like to see would be, um, what was happening in other countries, um, when things were first happening, I don't know. So the only thing that I think we know at this point, um, when it comes outside of the United States is that there were agents in Canada. And then we also have some um, indication that there may be agents in uh, like Europe and other places because in the secret mission where we have um, in the secret mission in Division 1 in the West Side Pier, there is the thing that tells everyone, uh, hey, you need to come back to D.C., and if you listen, it's listing off a bunch of cities. It's uh, I think it's Omega Protocol or something like that. And it's listing off a bunch of cities. Now, the main one being D.C., which I think hinted what was happening um, quite a while ago. Um, but if you listen, I think it, it's also talking, I think it says Paris, London. It names off a bunch of other cities. So I'd be curious to what's going on in other parts of the world. Um, I'd be curious to what's going on on like the West Coast. Um, I think even in the book and the comics, <clears throat> we it pretty much focuses on east of the Mississippi and really kind of like the northeast quarter of the United States from like Michigan to the east coast. So we kind of don't know what's happening like down south. We don't know what's happening in the southwest and the northwest. Um, the, uh, you know, there there was some thought, um, if you if you remember from a while ago, that uh to possibly do like new orleans as division two or even like a place like seattle or someone out west um so places like that i think would be really cool um the second question from dynasty was uh, what do you feel character creation is missing yeah that's kind of tough <clears throat> character creation in this game is is, is weird because it was it was a step up in um like freedom of choice and, and like customizability division two compared to one um but there's just something wrong about the agents in division two and i don't know it's like the hair is weird their faces are kind of weird um i i just don't know 
I don't know what happened <laughs> and I'm not smart enough or educated enough to know what, what's so different. But, um, I, I feel like just more human looking agents is what's missing. Um, there's just something weird. They look like robots to me. Um, but, but maybe that's just my bias. Cause I thought that the agents in division one looked really natural and kind of their stance looked natural and their kind of uh, posture and the way they moved just seemed a little more natural. Where in Division Two, there's just something weird. They they stand like kind of hunched over, and they like stand like with their arms out, and it's just they have like this really awkward, like idle animation. Um, the in cover and in movement, I think they look okay, but it's just I don't know. It's weird. I don't really know if that has anything to do with character creation, but there it is. I, I feel like maybe some more customizability, like with the tattoos and stuff like that, like not having to pick like one place or have like preset spots where they go, you know, have being able to customize that a bit. Maybe I would say that's missing. <clears throat> and then the final questions of this part um, came from Ella, who's a content specialist at Massive. Uh, hopefully you've caught some of her streams. She is sassy. That might be the right word for it. Um, her first question is, if you were a content creator at Massive with unlimited resources, what content would you create? Um, so what I think I should clarify is, and I may be wrong, Ella can correct me, um, if she happens to listen to this, but a content creator for massive would be something like what they do with state of the game and the streams <clears throat> and things like that. So the first thing I would do is, uh, I would bring back the podcast, um, Hamish and I think Petter. Um, did a bunch of podcasts with Division One, where they interviewed people all the way from like Drew Reckner way back in the day about the Hunters um, to Alex Irvine, who wrote the first and the second book for Division. Um, I would still love to hear him interview Alex again um, about the second book and the new game. Um, so the podcast for sure, maybe like do like a video version of it. Uh, which I think they did a few of those, but make that like a big mainstay and, and try to do like at least like one a month or something. Um, I would do like a big creator, um, like compilation maybe every month or every quarter, uh, where, you know, like show highlights from people's streams. Um, so, you know, highlights from videos or point out people who are doing really good work. Um, cosplay screenshot, shots all that kind of stuff um podcasting wink wink um you know i would i would i would do maybe like a big community feature like that um and really give an opportunity to highlight people um who could be or or are um like really uh not necessarily always positive but uh good leaders in the community um i think division's always been kind of a weird game where for whatever reason it's attracted less than savory people and some of them have even become really popular unfortunately and i think kind of made the community worse or more divisive at least and uh, i think doing something to really highlight people who are doing things well uh would be really good in general and, and really blasting that um I, I almost said something and i'm not going to so that can just always be a mystery so that's a pretty terrible answer because I'm not very creative. So maybe that's why I'll never be a content creator at massive with unlimited resources. 
the second question from Ella was, uh, you stream, produce podcasts, YouTube videos, run several Twitter accounts, have a day job, have hobbies, and take care of a baby with Bay Diesel. Um, how the hell do you find the time? What's the secret to your 48-hour days? <clears throat> well, uh, I would say a schedule and sticking pretty good to it. So, um, And I do a lot of stuff late at night. <laughs> um, and maybe a little bit more than I should during the day, during my regular gerb. Um, but more than anything, it's just sticking to a schedule. I have, I carve out a few hours every Saturday and Sunday to do, um, streams. Um, if I do a video, I typically cut out a stream and do a video instead. If you follow my YouTube, I don't do many videos, so that may explain it. Um, with the podcast, I pretty much have time carved out every week, uh, about an hour, hour and a half. Uh, to record it, to do some really basic editing on it, to put it together and then uh, publish it. Um, you know, and then with everything else, I just, I don't know. I have a very detailed calendar. <laughs> I don't always stick to it, but um, I'd say that's my biggest thing is um, I, I have a calendar that I'm willing to change. Um, if I have to, I'm willing to cancel a stream. I'm willing to cancel a video. I'm willing to basically do nothing uh, except for the podcast, of course, for the last hundred weeks. Um, but it's really just, just kind of sticking with it. Um, it, um, it hasn't always been easy. Um, especially right after the baby came, that was a crazy time. <laughs> that was wild. So, uh, but now it's starting to get back into a groove. She just turned six months old. So, uh, things are starting to kind of chill out and be, um, more reasonable. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I also am kind of a boring, lame person who's kind of a homebody. So, um, you know, Bay Diesel is the much more active one. So a lot of times she's out like with the baby. So that gives me time to do stuff as well. So, you know, that's, that's, that's how you get all this stuff done by being kind of a loser. <laughs> okay. Um, I appreciate the questions from uh, all four of them, um, to take time out of their busy days, especially with the upcoming content. Uh, so so there's that. Okay, so we had a couple state of the games. Um, the first one was last week. I recorded the podcast a day early, um, or I recorded it before the the episode 147 came out. Um, so last week we had a very drowsy Hamish, Yannick, and Drew Reckner. Um, they were talking about the shade leveling system. They're saying how basically uh, and seasons. And they're talking about how the seasons are replacing the episodes that we had in year one. Um, and so they're going to provide some new content and some things to do um, in between like content drops. Um, they haven't really talked about what content drops may mean in um, year two. We know that the raid is coming. We know that the warlords of New York city uh, is coming and that's all we know right now. So um, we'll, we'll have to see what that means after that. <clears throat> they also talked about the shade leveling system, um, how it's really expansive and it allow, allows agents to upgrade things like their weapon damage, stability, and other stats. Um, but it, those things do eventually cap out, um, but they are able to always, um, you can always scavenge. So if you max everything out, you can scavenge for uh, materials like credits and stuff like that. Uh, one thing they pointed out more recently is that this system is only available to level 40 agents. Uh, there's actually a listener question about that. Um, I'll address it in a bit. 
Uh, they talked about legendary missions returning and taking um, place in the strongholds uh, with up- upgraded Black Tusk troops. Uh, they talked about global difficulty and they kind of showed some of that and talked about how you can reset all of the control points when you change the global uh, difficulty. I believe they also pointed out that um, there would no, no longer be like a live world at level 40. So um, settlements like won't take each other over anymore. And I'll be straight up. I don't like that. That's kind of a bummer. I, I wish that wasn't a thing. Um, I love, I, I, I think that's a cool th- system. It annoys me at times when I'm trying to farm and stuff like that. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'll kind of miss those raiding parties running around and stuff like that. I hope that they still have like the, uh, the supply routes and stuff like that, because just from like a world building uh, perspective, I think that's really cool. Uh, they did briefly talk about um, how hunters are stronger than they were uh, during the puzzle uh, solution stage and when the game first came out um, and that there is a like a quote unquote not hunter surprise that will um, that, that they kind of hinted that it's going to like interrupt missions and other activities. So still not really sure what that is, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, they did talk about the DZ a little bit. Um, and kind of reinforce that the DZ is meant to be a zone where PVP can happen, but it's not just meant to be like a PVP only zone. Um, they reiterated uh, as well that there will not be more than 12 players in these zones. Um, they they even said that they tested it and it just didn't work the way they wanted it to. I I understand, you know, I've seen ideas as reasonable as adding more players to the DZs. Um, and I've seen ideas as hilariously silly as people thinking that they should uh, redo the entire map and make one big DZ somewhere. Uh, and, and basically an idea that someone or some people have thrown out um, that they don't understand that you're talking about something that if they started it today, uh, if they want to redo the map entirely, it would probably be like after Division 3 comes out, <laughs> assuming there is one. So, okay, but they just reinforce that they aren't going to add more people to the DZs. And I think people at some point should take the hint that that's never going to happen. Um, the whole thing about the DZ being a, a, a potential for PVP, but not being the only thing that you do there um, was really nice because um, uh, last year at one point, uh, someone with some relevance to some people, I guess, um, <clears throat> who is part of the community when they feel like it uh, told me I was stupid for saying the exact same thing that they pointed out once again, um, but blocked me before I could respond because, because that's soft. (laughs) So that is what it is. So hearing that uh, during that state of the game was actually pretty nice because all those people who, you know, threw their fits about me saying that uh, just, it, it makes me wish I could just unblock all of them and just, just drop an old wink on them. But we're trying not to be petty. This is a celebration. And that was about it for that stay of the game. Uh, for the, the stay of the game today, I'm recording this on Wednesday. Uh, we had episode 148. had Hamish McKenzie making their debut. Um, and Drew talking about the factions in New York. Um, they did talk about a few things before that. Um there's a new issue with some walls in the game it is not the invisible wall issue. It's a new one, but they already identified the issue and it'll be fixed in TU eight or, or warlords update. 
the PS4 pre-orders, they're trying to get that worked out. Um, but just in case they don't, anyone who does play the game, I think they said before April 8th, uh, who plays the Warlord update, will get, um, I think it's like a, it's a cosmetic pack and a skin or something. It's not, it's nothing huge, but it's still something people want. So if they can't get the PS4 pre-orders to work, um, that that's how they're going to make sure people still get their stuff. Uh, they did point out that the Twitch drops system didn't work correctly with the cosmetics they gave out last week. So they just gave it out to everyone. Um, they did point out that the all black hunter cosmetic will be coming with TU eight and that it will be in the store that you can buy directly, or it'll be in the, uh, in, in the apparel cases. So you can earn it for free as well. Um, what's cool about that is that that tells me that it's going to potentially be, uh, not an outfit, but like the individual pieces. And it'd be really cool if you could like put on parts of the hunter outfit. Um, if, if you haven't heard me talk about it before, um, I hate that they're putting the hunter outfit out. Um, now, obviously from like a cool factor point of view, I'm down. That's so cool. People have wanted it for a long time. Um, I get it. I get why people want it. And for the people who are pumped about it, I'm genuinely happy for them. And it looks great. They have a different one in the game right now that you have to earn through some silly system. And it looks really good. But it, the issue I had, one of the issues I had with the first game was they got this thing with these hunters. And these hunters are really, there's such a cool thing in this game. Mostly because we know so little about them. And they're so kind of rare. Um, and in Division 1, that we have in survival, which was such a cool introduction to them. And then we had them in the underground and I thought they worked really well there. That was, that was a cool system that they did in 1.8. The problem is, is that they also put them in resistance, which whatever, it, it's a silly mode anyway, so it's fine. But then they put them into the legendary missions, um, towards the end of division one. And that I was not cool with because one, they were working with the LMB, which I'm pretty sure they came out and said that that's not canon. It's just a thing for reasons. And then not only did they make them work with LMB, again, for no explainable reason, but they also didn't, they took away, the, the thing about the hunters is that they're vulnerable. Um, they're really fast. They're very tactical. They're, they hit like a truck. They have really powerful skills. They can knock our skills out. They're these like really formidable enemies but they could be taken out with like a good headshot if you got them in the right situation and what they did with these legendary missions is they made them these like super duper bullet sponge tanks and it felt awful i i did not enjoy fighting the hunters when they put them in the legendaries it's not because they were too hard i, I could kill them but it was the fact that they just it just felt cheap it took away this really cool mystique of the hunters of their these like they they kind of do their own thing. They don't you know take sides with anyone. They're just there to kill agents. And all of a sudden now they're working with a faction for no explainable reason and no reason we found out at all. Um, and then with Division Two it comes out and we find out that there's these like ciphers all around the map. Um, and if you solve the riddle, you get to fight a hunter. Um, now if you fought those hunters that you had to reveal through the riddles. Um, what you would find is that they were tough. I thought they were hard if you fought them during the 1 to 30 uh, ramp up. 
if you waited till you hit tie, uh, until, until world tier five, you probably one shot them because they didn't scale very well. So I was really excited for more hunters. It sounds like we're getting more hunters, which is great. Um, but, but now they're making these cosmetics and I'm sorry, but like, I don't think it's cool or I don't think it's good for the hunters mystique if they're doing jumping jacks in in the base of operations or if you see them fighting alongside you in grand washington hotel it just it just doesn't feel right it like it, it takes the coolest probably in my opinion the coolest part of the game and then it just kind of takes advantage of it and it kind of demystifies it and it makes it just feel cheap to me i don't know maybe i care too much about it but if you want a Black Hunter outfit, you'll be able to get one in title update eight. I'll end that rant right there. <laughs> um, they went on to talk about uh, the Rikers cleaners and Black Tusk and how um, they, they will be different in the New York uh, expansion. Uh, the old factions will be similar to their original ones, but mostly revamped um, from division one uh, for gameplay and for lore reasons. Uh, the Rikers are mostly made up of recruits now with only a few veterans that were actually from the prison. Um, the cleaners still have the same assault trooper and heavy, um, but basically every other one of their um, uh, archetypes is updated. Um, and I, I think they're going to kind of explain that by they're being supplied and trained um, in New York City by these rogue agents um, who are the lieutenants for Keener. So I think there's going to be some type of like, oh, they're more advanced because they're working with these rogue agents who have this advanced technology and knowledge and training, which is cool. That's a good explanation. Um, the black tusk will actually be a hair different as well. Um, they'll have some of the remnants of the LMB and those will be represented by shotgun rushers and a support unit that has the, a big heel box. Um, and there will also be some new, uh, types of war dogs. There's going to be a grenadier war dog and a minigun war dog who just flanks you constantly. So, uh, those both do have weak points though. So be on the lookout for those, uh, in this most recent, um, stay of the game, they wrapped it up, uh, by giving out some kind of random info. So, um, the legendary AI and the missions will be a lot more aggressive and some of the archetypes, um, will have some alternatives or some like, um, some kind of changes like the black tusk heavy will not have a heel hive on them. And, um, what instead they'll have a wasp hive. So if they get close enough to you, uh, they'll mess you up and they'll actually, th their AI, um, actually encourages them to get close to you to do that. Uh, again, they talked about the new hunters that will be in New York city and DC and the way that drew kind of hinted to it is that, um, I suspect that we won't be revealing them with a puzzle. Uh, I have a feeling that they'll just drop in on us. I really hope it's kind of similar to the ones that stalk you currently in the game at night. Um, but instead of running away, I hope they actually engage you or even ambush you. Um, I'd be great. I'd be down for that. That sounds so fun. I would find, I would run around at night in that game in the open world just to try to find hunters. Um, and then the final thing they talked about was that the DZ, um, will have new brackets so there will be like a level 30 bracket for people in the world tiers. Um, and then there will be a level 31 to 40 bracket. Um, so people in that 31 to 40 bracket can invite people who are level 30. Um, and it will buff them some, 
But at the end of the day, if you're if you bring level thirty people into the higher bracket, they will be at, at a disadvantage because they're not going to make the system where it's going to make them like exactly as powerful. Um, so that system, I mean, no one likes the player player base being split up. Um, with as little love as the PVP and the DZs are getting in this game so far. Um, I, I, I don't mean to be a jerk, but it seems like it's such a small population at this point, um, or at least it should be because of the treatment of it, that I just don't think this is really going to impact people too much. But boy, oh boy, it's going to make Twitch chat real fun. <laughs> so, I don't know. Have fun with that. Not my problem. And what else isn't my problem is this mid-roll. About lockdown procedure initiated. Okay, so we had a few Division 2 updates. Really, this is just me kind of wanting to speculate about some stuff and talk about it. Um, so my first topic here was kind of like, what kind of story is Warlords going to tell? Um, so my first little topic is, uh, if we're really going to kill Keener, um, I think we will, but I think it's going to set off something um, that they're going to try to kind of surprise us with. Because one of the things he says, I believe during one of the Coney Island missions, uh, when he's talking to the drone camera, is that this is bigger than him. So um, I suspect that we will hunt him down. I suspect we will kill him. But being the guy who's always 10 steps ahead, there's going to be some type of trigger or something that happens when he dies that's going to show us that his legacy isn't over. But we'll have to wait to see. Uh, another topic was whether or not the hunters will have more lore. Um, I kind of doubt it. I suspect that they'll just fight us again. Um, the hunters are weird. It's one of those things. It's kind of like what I was talking about with their outfits is that if we learn too much about the hunters, they'll just become another enemy and they aren't interesting anymore. That's part of why I don't like these outfits coming out because I really think that starts to oversaturate them and demystify them and kind of kill their mystique. And then they just become another enemy that you kill when they pop up. Um, so I don't know. I, I would like maybe a, a little more info to make them a little more intriguing. Um, but at the end of the day, the hunters are one of those things where they almost can never tell us the real story because nothing they can make up will be as good as what the hunters deserve, at least in my opinion. So we'll have to see about that. Um, and then kind of like after you finish the Warlords DLC, like what will DC look like? So I suspect that when we come back to New York is when we're going to find um, that Chernenko is now working with the bioreactor and he's, you know, hopefully replicating the, uh, the, the antiviral, uh, the broad spectrum antiviral. Um, and I suspect that they're going to wrap something like with the seasons up in that whole system where like you need to get him more resources through the season so he can make more antiviral or something. So we'll have to see about that. I suspect that um, with all of the changes that they're going to try to do something. Um, I really predicted that maybe this update would be when we get the castle settlement working again. Um, but maybe not. I, I feel like they would have mentioned something about it by now. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, the other thing was that there were some new guns in episode three. Uh, there was a G28 marksman rifle um, that is just kind of like a worse SVD. Um, it looks really cool, though. Uh, there's a UIC 15 mod two. 
It's actually a uh, it's a rifle class, um, and I looked it up, and it's a real rifle. It's a sporting rifle, so it is semi-auto. But man, <clears throat> one, it has assault rifle damage on it, so its damage is only like twelve thousand or something a hit um, compared to the other rifles, which it's like I think like four times <laughs> it's lower. So apparently that was a mistake, and they're going to fix that. <clears throat> I put out a post saying, man, I, I would love this UIC to be an assault rifle. Um, just make it an assault rifle because it looks so damn cool. In my opinion, it's the best looking gun in the game. Um, but unfortunately, they're going to stick with making it a rifle, but that makes sense. Um, there's the Honey Badger, which I've found like 30 of them so far and have yet to found, find one that is worth using. So, so far, I don't have a great uh, outlook on that. Um, I do know with the new specialization, you can unlock a named Honey Badger. Um, which a lot of people have been saying is a lot better. Um, so I'm not there yet. So I'll tell you when I am. Uh, and then finally, the exotic, the 308 chambered vector. Um, I have been farming like crazy for this thing, um, knowing that it's going to be useless in like a week and a half or two weeks um, and still don't have one. So I don't know. I'll let you know how it is when I find one, if I ever do. Okay, uh, so I'm going to jump into the listener questions and then we are going to wrap this baby up because this is a, a slightly longer episode than normal. So um, the first question was from Mick Short on Discord. Um uh, says, will you be buying the New York DLC? Do you think there will be a year two season pass? So um, we know there won't be a year two season pass, so we can nix that. Um, I will definitely be buying the New York DLC. I've all, I pre-ordered it like the minute it went up. So, so yes. <laughs> um, yeah, with the season pass thing, it looks like instead they're going to do the seasons. And um, you can do, they have like a battle pass, it looks like, that there's a free version. So you can just do that. Um, but then there's a premium version that looks like it's going to have more like cosmetics and stuff. So I'm probably going to do that uh, because I'm a sucker for this game. Um, but it looks like luckily, if you don't want to mess with that, you can just play uh, and, and just do the free version. So no season pass, um, paid battle pass if you want it. Uh, the second question from Mick Short, as always, something completely unrelated to the game. What what is uh both you and Lady Bond's savory pie of choice? I don't I assume savory pie means like not uh like a fruit pie. So I guess for both of us it'd be like a pot pie. Um I I have a a, a slight feeling that maybe savory pies aren't quite as popular where I live. <laughs> um the next question came from Joe Polidoro uh, on Discord. Uh, since the release of Division One, what has been your most enjoyable experience with the franchise? What was the worst? Um, I would say my most uh, enjoyable experiences was like first jumping into the first game, not really realizing what it was. Uh, so it was just so surprising and so exciting and fun, um, as well as kind of watching the first game kind of develop and the team kind of catch their feet and um, kind of push. And then the last like best thing has been um, watching, you know, that the lead up to division two, some kind of special access that I got to have as well as um, just some, you know, just seeing things evolve, I think has been the most fun. 
uh, the the worst part of it has probably been you know some parts of being too involved in the community at times um, and and a lot of stress and anxiety um, and and some stuff some negativity um, that's come from a thing that should be nothing but fun which is games so um, you know some of it my fault a lot of it not <laughs> uh, but yeah so really hardly anything with the game obviously there's been a few times with the game where you know it's kind of shot itself in the foot that's a little frustrating but i don't know I'm, I'm i'm over being angry about games these days now i'm just angry about dumb people um so thank you for the question uh, comrade zen on discord says what are your theories about who the quote-unquote not hunters are I think I mentioned it before, but I, I suspect that they're going to be maybe some like assassins or something like that. Um, I think something like from, you know, it's like uh, mercenaries that Keener has hired to come kill your agent in the middle of a mission or something. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, I'd be down for that. So that's my best guess. They could be like ambusher faction or they could be like underground faction or maybe like rogue agents, um, like computer controlled rogue agents who just pop into a mission and start attacking you. Um, I think that'd be pretty badass. Uh, then the last question, or no, second to last question, came from Janzer on Twitter. Um, quote, the new infinite progression system replacing the field proficiency cash system for all players having reached level 40. Uh, unquote. So anyone without the expansion stays with field proficiency system, which uh, or is what it sounds like written out, discuss that. Um, I mean... So here's the thing. <laughs> I th there's been a lot of discussion about uh, about the expansion and things like that and so like the shade leveling system, it's going to be available at level 40, which means if you don't buy the expansion, you don't get it. So like I feel like they're giving a lot of stuff um to the people who don't buy the expansion, who stay at level 30. Um, they're, they're getting all of the game updates and all the, you know, all the changes to the loot system and stuff like that. Um, I think with a system like this shade system, this leveling system, at some point they have to make the expansion worthwhile to buy. So the people who pay for it feel like they get their money's worth, um, while not taking too many features away from the people who are still going to play the, the base game. Um, I think this system is one of those things that, you know, is a good reward for the people who buy the expansion and maybe a carrot on the stick for the people who don't. Um, should it be available to everyone? I mean, that'd be great, I guess, but it's also not something that I feel like is a bad thing that it's not going to be. So, I don't know. Uh, and then now, the final question from Major Lame Gamer on Twitter. Um, what do you think they should do with conflict? Uh, and they mentioned a few things that there's no mention um, of, of PVP really for warlords. Um, they would like to see them add new modes and maps, um, allow the DZ to be open season, but bring back some type of balancing and conflict to make, you know, so um, man, conflict is such a bummer for me because that was a mode I really figured I would enjoy. Um, I think the DZ sucks. <laughs> I think it's kind of boring personally. It's, you know, the DZ in division one, I, I, I understand why some people think it was like the pinnacle of the game, but to me it was just people doing the same thing over and over. So whenever I would see people complain about like, I don't know why, you know, PVE people like doing missions over and over. 
it was always kind of funny to me because if you watched, you know, division, you know, PVP or DZ streams, they just did the same thing over and over again. It was with some slight variations, but for the most part, it was the same cycle, right? So for me, um, it's just one of those things where PVP in general in this game, I would love for it to be better than it is, but it's just not my focus mostly because I get my PVP kicks from other games and because I just have no indication at this point that PVP is going to be a focus for division ever. Even in the first game, I, I mean, they, they worked on it, but I just still never felt like it was like the focus. Um, so for conflict though, I really wanted it to be good because I wanted it to be, that chance to jump in and play Call of Duty, basically, with my Division character. Um, I, I think the idea of making the DZ like a completely open zone to do whatever you want, um, and then having Conflict bring back some of that balancing stuff, uh, I actually like that idea. Um, I'm curious to how they're going to handle that with level 40 and with all this stuff. Um, it's kind of a tough situation where um, level 40 people, I assume, will not matchmake with level 30 in Conflict. Um, so even if a good number of people buy uh, the update, it's going to make an already pretty sparse conflict population even sparser. So I don't know. I, I really don't know. I'm not sure um, what, what they're going to do with it or or what I think they should do with it. I, um, I, I think it either needs a complete overhaul. The PvP in this game needs to be the focus of like a huge patch. Um, or they have to let it just kind of go by the wayside because at this point it's not something I think is really redeemable until they do something big to it. Um, I know people and even I want the PVP to be kind of like how Destiny's PVP is, where maybe it's not the best PVP on Earth, but it's still fun and there's reasons to do it. Um, what I hope doesn't happen, but you know we'll have to see, is the way that PVP like in Warframe went, where it's there, but no one plays it because it's bad <laughs> because they figured out, wow, PVP is really hard to balance in these types of games. And Destiny has worked really hard to make it decent. Warframe just said, nope. <laughs> so, so we'll have to see. Okay, so I'm going to wrap things up. Um, if you can take a moment to rate the podcast on whatever platform you listen to, it helps me get noticed in the algorithms. If you want to support the podcast or check out my other content, please go to my Patreon page at patreon.com slash the echo cast. I am Bon Diesel on Twitch where I stream three or so times a week. That is twitch.tv slash Bon Diesel. I am also Bon Diesel on Twitter at Bon Diesel. Last, if you want some cool the echo cast or Bon Diesel merch, please check out bondiesel.live slash merch that's why i have thank you so much for 100 episodes it's been so fun and i can't wait to keep doing it until next time I'm